idea that the whole of LCC is a curious place, a place where we want to explore. What is the role of design actually within our world? Such a rich, redolent environment for students to be able to start to question. Design is not just there to speculate, but it's also there to shape what it is that we want. Welcome to Uncertainty Playground, a podcast about design research from the London College of Communication. I'm the Dean of Design, Dr Nikki Ryan. Uncertainty Playground is the title of our exhibition for the London Design Festival. It's inspired this series which over the past four episodes has taken you behind the scenes as we've been preparing for the exhibition. In this episode, I'm actually at the launch of Uncertainty Playground, and I'll be taking you through some of the exhibits and events here. I'll also be speaking to Silva Grimaldi, our research coordinator, and Dr. Mark Ingham, our teaching and learning innovation lead, about the show. We'll be discussing Uncertainty Playground from a pedagogical and a research point of view, and what this really means for our students. had a workshop on Monday where we built 3D printed interactive drawing robots. Like this specific 3D printed drawing robot is one that reacts to light. So it has three light sensors on the top of his body, which are constantly reading the amount of light entering into it. So they're sort of like eyes. If one leg moves, the whole body moves, which for some reason makes it seem really alive and people really enjoy interacting with it. The noise you can hear is the servo moving, uh, which is the motor, and yeah, it makes this high-pitched squeal, which kind of gives it some personality, which wasn't designed at all. All the parts and code you need to build your own robot is online, and anyone can download that and build their own robot. And obviously, if you did that, you would understand how it was made, so if it broke, you could fix it. And to take it a step further, if you understood enough of it, you could also make a change to yourself, yeah, yourself to make it your own. So instead of just like buying something off a shelf, you have a more fluid relationship with your objects in your environment. What I've built is a big textile sculpture incorporating electronic textiles, e-textiles, with a capacitive sensing circuit board, a bare conductive touch board. And the idea is that participants are coming and they're recording their sound stories about the local area. So what means something to them about Elephant Castle? It's such an interesting area, there's so much changing right now. So kind of like a you know oral history, I guess. And what they're doing is they're embroidering little tiny sensors using conductive threads. Those are being attached to the sculpture. They're becoming part of conductive traces, which are attached to the board. And when people touch them, um, they'll trigger their sound files. So it becomes quite a personal tactile storytelling experience. Welcome to room 2084, in an age where everything is collected, data is collected. Who decides to place stuff in an archive? The most significant and important thing is that they are universal, they're about humanity, they're about ourselves, they're about our memories, um, and even if they're not our memories, we can recognize and identify the emotions that are connected there. And therefore, I think they should be taken into the archive for the future. I put it to you, my jury, 
that that should be accepted. Thank you very much. To be honest, I hadn't thought much about it until listening to the presentations. Put forward a, a really good, um, a really good set of thoughts and why it should have gone into the archive. And um, it does kind of affect me. It makes me kind of quite glad that we have sort of rescued stuff belonging to other people. And we're considering it and thinking about it. It's not just gone in the bin. And like you said, people put a lot of thought into it, a lot of effort, and sub collections within collections. I'm Sylvia Grimaldi, I'm the research coordinator for the School of Design. Okay, I'm Dr Markingham, I'm the teaching and learning innovation lead for the design school at LCC. We found a quiet space away from the hustle and bustle of the show downstairs and I wanted to catch up with you about your thoughts about the exhibition so far. And from your perspectives, from research and from teaching and learning, I wanted to ask you if you'd found anything in the exhibition that surprised you or you particularly wanted to draw to our attention. We thought, actually, we had a little conversation before coming up here, and we thought that it was surprising how the exhibition was set up. The overall theme of the exhibition is Uncertainty Playground. And when we were looking at it, we saw that actually it was set up in a very playful way, but also an experimental way, and there's quite a lot of risk-taking. And we thought that was a really nice way to show what design does and also what research should be doing in terms of looking forward into the future. And also from the perspective of teaching and learning, showing to students how you model that design process in a way that is not dry, but actually takes into account their playfulness and their ability to experiment and their ability to push beyond what is expected of them. We discussed the whole idea of the exhibition itself being a teaching and learning tool and just the name itself, I think, sets the scene really well for a, a new student coming into LCC and this show is perfectly placed right at the beginning of the term so it, it gives that quality of this is what we're about this is what the design school is about we're about giving you a playful idea into the risk-taking speculative way so that immediately the show says this is we, who we are so from a from a teaching and learning point of view it's a, a, a godsend for us it was interesting that the the exhibition came out of some talks in the School of Design around what research themes we are interested in as staff within the within the school. There were four research themes that emerged kind of from the ground up and putting together everybody's interests. And one is sustainability and social innovation. And that is in the first gallery that you encounter as you go in. There's critical design and design futures, which is in the second gallery that you then pass through. So then you descend into the well gallery where there is the design communications and practice theme and then in the last gallery there is the design cultures histories and futures exhibition so each one of these really came from conversations between different members of staff about their own research about the work that they did with students and about the students research and how this could all come together into something that made sense overall what i thought was very interesting about the whole show was it gave this idea that the whole of LCC is a curious place, a place where we want to explore. So one of the shows is called Possible Stroke Probable Worlds. And again, that's what we're giving our students, this idea that almost anything is possible within these sort of frameworks that we're giving them. And it gives a, a very clear idea and a clear message about who we are and how we teach. And what I particularly liked about it, it mixed up the staff, the alumni, 
into this this sort of really interesting melange of of creativity. Are there particular works you'd like to highlight from what you've seen in your tour? In the same exhibition that Mark was talking about, The Possible Probable World, there was one work that um, is displayed on this semicircular panel that is hanging from the ceiling. So you have to lay down on a beanbag, put some headphones on and look up at it. And that is Paul Bailey's work. And he's working with imagery around Brexit and putting that to music as an opera would. And what is really interesting about that is that actually we were having a conversation around what is the role of design actually within our world. And design is not just there to speculate, but it's also there to shape what it is that we want. We're very focused on how can you be an ethical designer and how can you actually shape the world in a positive way. So within that show of possible futures, you're looking at different directions in which you could design a new society. And so that was a really interesting example of it because it's taking the imagery of Brexit and using it in a different context. Mark, did you have any particular examples that you were excited about? Well, again, I, th- I think what was really interesting about the whole show is that it, it not only showed the strange objects that design can create, but the processes that go with it. So there's a, the Future Makers space, which is this incredibly active space where students, alumni, people, guests are coming in, third parties coming in, and they're, they're making stuff. We, we are a making college. We like to make things and, and ideas come from those things. That whole show was this lively, interesting place, which, as again, as a teaching learning person, is a, such a rich, redolent environment for students to be able to start to question what is this all about? And I think that's what's also interesting. It doesn't give all the answers. It just gives some of the little clues. And this is what I have found really interesting. I think, ah, there's a workshop there. Oh, there's another workshop there. There's another place I could start from. I could start from an object, a bird's nest, a photograph of my esteemed colleague next door to me, or, you know, a Zebedee. And you think from those places, you can see, actually, what's really interesting, you can see the humanity of the staff and the students, that you can start from a record collection, you can start from a comic, you can start from just some stuff that's around you. So if, again, from a teaching learning point of view, it almost exposed us in this rather wonderful way. What do you think we've learned as a design school from this exhibition in terms of our understanding of design? Um, Sylvia was talking earlier on about the fact that it actually, again, showed what design can be and not perhaps what you might think it could be, and that we are active in creating design and not just the passive recipients of it and that we want our students to be those active agents within this design process. It didn't show everything, but it showed those possible places they could go. And it's interesting that from a research perspective, um, design research makes things tangible more than research in a lot of other ways. For example, in the exhibition that Mark was talking about before, The Future Makers, one of the workshops was macaroni robots. And this was experimenting with the Internet of Things through very rough and dirty, you know, macaroni sculptures with very developed microchips to program them. The combination of those two creates something completely different, which can be interpreted from a theoretical point of view, but is also a very interesting object to have there and to play with. What we also discussed is the 
idea that research is a big thing in PhD and MA and research land. It's this very big thing out there. But what the show demonstrated, I think, very well, is all this work came from some sort of idea of what research is, whether it's just a very personal inquiry or a sort of political inquiry or just trying to find out what materials can do. That's what we're asking our students to do, is to be good researchers and good thinkers and good critical thinkers. And again, this show, I think, it exposes that to them through our own voices. One of the key issues which we've been thinking about and talking about at school is sustainability. Can you talk about that in relation to the exhibition? The first exhibition that you encounter when you come into the building is Spark. And it's based around the theme of sustainability and social innovation. And it's collecting a lot of voices that come from a lot of different parts of the design school. Some student work, some alumni work, a lot of staff work. Looking at, in particular, the Elephant and Castle as a location and the ways in which we engage with the space around it from an ecological point of view as well as from a social point of view. One of the first works you um, come into the spark is someone uh, by a student called Jack Warren and it's a wonderful big piece of uh, double um, poster on the wall and what I find really as a, as a person who's been here for a teacher who's been here for four and a half years I taught Jack Warren four and a half years ago and it's great to see a student go from I wouldn't say struggling, but finding what is what am I doing here? What am I doing in, in, in higher education? To now being asked by MAs at Goldsmith and the Royal College to come in here. So again, I think it's also a very beautiful piece of work and a really interesting piece of work about these ideas of sustainability. But it will show students where they can be. And that's the other thing I really liked about the exhibition, again, as a teaching tool. It's very homely in some ways. It says, here we are. You are a part of this community, not just within uh, LCC, but within Elephant Castle. And it's such a rich resource for research, for, for thinking that, you, do, you know, it, sometimes people come to Elephant Castle and think it's a roundabout, but it's not. It's got all these other wonderful ideas within there. Room 2084 was a, a great way of getting us to think in new ways about archives. From a learning and teaching perspective, what were the strategies that you found useful to take into the classroom? What I found really interesting about it is it's showing students and staff, you can start from anywhere and actually you can start some very small things or things that you may have thought of as just your collection. And these are starting places for actually great big pieces of, of work and thought. It works also into the idea of object-based learning. So you can take those objects and, and they can resonate by what they are physically, but also what they are in terms of personal collections, which also then works beautifully into the idea that at LCC we have some fantastic archives. So it's sort of a natural progression from this idea of personal collection into what would we like to keep in the future and again, we, we are trying to teach students that they are the future. So these things are, could be a part of that. Just looking at uh, this video piece created by Design Displacement Group, which is like an opera, I think, looking at um, some of the kind of like post-digital visual communication, I guess. Like, um, I've heard a bit about this piece before in terms of I think it's something to do with like uh, an opera piece, which is looking at the role of the visual communicator, design practitioner, in terms of politics and like social context we exist in. It's interesting to consider like the role of the visual communicator outside of traditional uh, design mediums, including opera and theatre, and even kind of using particular design techniques. Anyway, so yeah.
I found it really interesting. So I'm not based on design or art or anything. I'm doing a PhD in physics. Uh, and I must say, like a lot of parts here are combining design, art and science, especially downstairs. There, There's a project about how we overcome the problem with air pollution itself. And there's some big balls, basically. And the ball itself is obviously designed by designers. So it looks very pretty. But essentially, in its core, it's an air cleaner. That's the whole point of it. We want to walk through the city and think, oh my god, this looks really nice, but it's also, on the other hand, healthy for our everyday life, right? Uncertainty Playground at the London College of Communication runs until the 20th of October 2017. If you haven't already listened to the first four episodes of this podcast, you can do so on iTunes. If you've enjoyed listening, please rate and review us there and also share with your network. Thanks to Professor David Tube of LCC who composed the original music for this podcast and to my producer Lucy Dearlove. This was a Chalk and Blade production for LCC.